I love coaching and I love talking about coaching just as much. I created Coffee House Coaching as a space to have conversations with other executive coaches to learn about their journey, their practice, and their philosophy. I'm your host, Gary Nowak, and today I'm back with Jackie Hodgins to talk about boundaries, breaking them, not being fair to your client, making choices that work for you, and finally, how boundaries evolve over time from when you first start to where you're at today. Secondarily, we talk about what is your niche, having a bullseye with your niche, and fundamentally, coaching is coaching. We hope you enjoyed our conversation, and if you would like to get involved in future podcasts, reach out to either Jackie or myself via LinkedIn, and we can set that up. Thanks for joining us. Jackie, always nice to see you. Thanks for joining me today. Great, Gary. Great to see you again. How are you showing up for this conversation today? Today, I'm showing up excited and energized. All right. So for me, I had a couple cancellations in my day. I thought was going to be a lot busier. So I'm way more relaxed and looking forward to this a bit more. So what do you want to cover today? Today, I thought it might be helpful if we talked about boundaries as it relates to a couple of things, as it relates to maybe if somebody wants to have their own business doing their coaching and how it relates to the coach-client relationship and having boundaries within that relationship. I love it because this is absolutely what I struggle with even today. And I'll go through what happened to me last year and just learning coaching. So I know you're further along. So how do you want to kick this off? It sounds like for you, you wanted to start more in the, how it relates to starting the business and really, what do you say yes to? What do you say no to? So maybe we start there. So let me, let me kick this off because my background is in consulting and I always felt a good consulting trait was to always be available for a new client, for an internal discussion, to be available to anybody in the organization. What I like that I'm doing is I'm keeping a very high sense of urgency. Absolutely where I struggle is setting number of meetings in a day or setting boundaries of how I'm going to connect during the week. And if a client wants to reschedule, more often than not, I am breaking my own internal boundaries consistently. 2022 was year of the yes. So I said yes to everything. What I found was us being in 2023 is that wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my client. And I talked to a few people about, they said, you're not doing a great job for either you or your client if you're breaking these boundaries. So just wanted to share that. And early last year, I started working with Calendly. And Calendly, if you're not familiar with it, I send it out and you click on when you want to meet. What I've learned is that can help me create bigger boundaries for myself because now I'm setting up, I'm setting it up in a way where people can't stack meetings. I'm leaving more space open. I think I have probably 15 different types of meetings set up depending. And I am really enjoying that product. So that is absolutely worked for me. So I love the sharing. And I, I wonder if that's just pretty normal for a newer coach to say yes to everything because you don't know where the next one's coming from. And so you always want to take those on and say, yes, I, I too was probably the same way when I first started with my own business. And I too come from a consulting background. So I understand the say yes, be available, make sure you have good customer service. And so I too was probably saying yes to things that maybe were not 
the right things to say yes to. But I learned through that process. I think that's how we learn through what type of coach we are. What's our niche? Do we have a niche? Do you want to have a niche? I've been hearing that. I hear a 50-50 on that one of you should have a niche and you don't need to have a niche. And so I really thought about that my first few years of coaching. I was really wanting to go through the chemistry call process because that would allow me to see, was it not just a good match for that client to me as a coach, but for me as a coach to that client. And I can remember one time in particular where I did not think it was a good match. And I was able to say, I don't think I'm the right coach for you, but I gave them some referrals. Can we talk about niche for a second? Because you said you were 50-50. Yes, please. Where did you start off and where are you now? I was given the advice by some people to have a niche. Say, what is it that you, what's your typical client or what do you want to focus on? And I really struggled with that for a little while because my, where I was in the corporate life, I was able to, I was an internal coach. And so I had access to a lot of different types of job roles and leaders and different levels of leaders. So I felt comfortable with all of that. And so at first I was thinking, what is my niche? And then I really, what I came to was I needed that chemistry call just to make sure that we had a good connection and that what were they needing to focus on or what do they think they needed to focus on? And do I think I could help that person? So you started off internal coaching within your organization. Yes. That's a lot different than this, your own shingle thing. Because if, if we go back into boundaries, hanging out your own shingle is daunting, especially what I found fascinating with people that I went through with our program was some people were in there in the height of their career and at an age where they still had a lot of runway left in their career. And they were looking at coaching well as a form of until my income in coaching gets up to this level, I can't leave this job. And my perspective was just, I couldn't imagine going into coaching thinking I have to supplant my income because I got to support my family. I have kids. I got kids going to college. The mindset of that would just be very daunting. And the boundaries associated with those decisions have to be very difficult to manage. The other thing that you mentioned was your niche. The perspective that I had in coaching on a niche was be a bullseye on your niche. Know exactly who you want to coach. And I talked to an individual. He said, I coach gentlemen who are 40 to 45 years old in this industry with this type of, of coaching need that they want from me. I thought, boy, is that is that really defined? And he's like, yeah. So when somebody sees me, they know I'm exactly the coach for them. And then there is the chemistry call and everything else. So the perspective that I have with coaches is you start off your niche very, very bullseye-ish. Then over time, it starts expanding on its own because Jackie's niche may be something specific, but your client talked to somebody else and they said, oh, Jackie's great. She normally works in this industry. I don't care. You've said great things about her. I want to work with her. So the perspective I have in coaching is start your niche very pinpoint, very bullseye. And then it it expands over time because you get good word of mouth. You get people that worked well with you and they don't care that you're not this, that, or the other thing. They've just heard that you helped a friend of theirs and they want to work with you. Yes. I think that's a really nice way to start and to expand. And I wonder, because I was internal for a lot of years, that that is what happened to me. If I think back, right, that I had a certain type of leader and then it just expanded from there. And it was a lot of referrals and word of mouth. And I've had my own coaching practice and business. Part of the time I was still internal 
and more specifically full-time now the past three or four years. And so I think there is something in that to think of who's who, which client can you make the most impact with? And also at the other side of it, I think coaching is coaching and it, you know, it, for me, it doesn't matter what industry they come from. I don't need to be an expert in that industry. I need to just use my coaching skills, listening, empathy, and just be with them in the room and really understand what they're going through and help them through that. Here's what struck me is when you're coaching within an organization, you may not connect with somebody internally and say, hey, this coach is better. It might be easier to hand somebody off. But when you're on your own and you're hanging out your own shingle, that's got to be difficult to say, hey, no, I don't want to work with you because I'm not sensing the connection. Interestingly enough, internal, we had the a process where we would encourage the leader to interview at least two coaches and maybe three just to see what was the best connection for them and for the coach. And like I said, there's only one time that I really said, I just don't think I'm the right person for you. And I knew enough about our internal coaching cadre that I was able to recommend a few other people for them to interview and they found the perfect coach for them. But yes, I think I'm thinking about my own business now and what do I say yes to? What do I say no to? I do think there's something in there that when you're first starting your business, it's hard to say no to something or it would be hard because that's how you're making your living now and you want to take that on. I think if I was really, again, I do the chemistry call with all of my clients just to make sure it's the right fit. And I completely respect if they choose a different coach. I tell them in that chemistry call, it's about trust. This relationship is going to be about trust and sharing. We may be going deep. So if you don't feel like there's that connection for us in the moment, I want you to find the best coach possible. And, but yes, I agree. There's something about being internal versus having your own business that, you know, there's maybe some different boundaries or decisions you might make. What do your boundaries look like now? My boundaries, I think it's a good question. As it relates to, I think there were two parts to this. One is the business, right? How do I run my business? And then how do I do the coaching and who are my clients? So if I talk about the business, yeah, I've had to set some boundaries on my schedule as well, because I was, I've got some clients that are in different geographies. And as a matter of fact, the other night I had one of my clients from China, I was on the phone until nine o'clock at night. But that's a choice that I made. I made a choice to say, I'm going to support people in different geographies for right now in my career. I'm okay with that. But I set boundaries on how late at night I'll do it and how many nights per month I'm willing to give. And then if I work a night or do a couple of sessions at night, then I'm not getting on a phone call at eight o'clock in the morning the next day. So I too use Calendly and I set my own time limits on that. Do you only coach on certain days or separate days for certain things at all? And if you look at your week, do you say, I'm only coaching for these days and these days I'm researching, chilling out, reading? Other things. (laughs) Yeah, I try not to, I try to use my Friday afternoons for my development because I know that I have, I can clear my space and my mind to just focus on that. I have other coach friends that they just coach Tuesday through Thursday and they have Mondays and Fridays for other things. I have friends who just do Monday, Tuesday. So I think it's every coach is different, but for me, I try to clear my Friday afternoons and even my Monday mornings. because then it helps me to plan for the week 
and to do any follow-up phone calls or reach out to my clients. I know for me, there's this little thing called alcohol. My Friday afternoons. <laughs> so that's your Friday afternoon, huh? I can still read or listen to a great coaching book and have a glass of wine. I don't think I can coach and have a glass of wine. And then Monday mornings after a weekend, I'm a big sports guy. So I really want a 7 a.m. call on a Monday. That's not fair to me, 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 me. And that may not be fair to my client either. Good point. The more I get into coaching, the more I'm recognizing my Fridays, I love catch-up calls. I love connecting with people that, that either I went to Hudson with or that I haven't talked to in a while. And the other thing that I did want to share, I don't know if this might be off topic, but my calendar, I color coordinate my calendar to where coaching is a certain thing, podcasts are a different color, catch-ups are a different color, things with universities that I'm doing are a different color. So I can just look at my calendar and know what's going on. And what I, and catch-up for me is a green color. So on Fridays, if I just see all green going down, like that's going to be a fantastic day because I'm not coaching. I'm connecting with other people, all the more reason to look forward to a Friday in my calendar. Yeah. Sounds like that energizes you. We're seeing the green. I haven't quite got to only coaching with certain timeframes. The farther I go in coaching, the more boundaries are creeping in for me. I think it's a challenge, so to speak, to have boundaries initially when you start because you're just trying to, to survive and make money or make a living at it. Then over time, once you get that traction, once you get that word of mouth, then it's easier to put in boundaries as it was for me. Hey, Gary, there's something too about the boundaries with the client between coach and client that sometimes we may get wrapped up in their story. We want to not be part of their story, but we want to be able to hear the story. So what is your experience with that? What are your thoughts on that? I don't get wrapped up in people's stories. I don't have this high level of, I have empathy for people and I recognize, in fact, I just saw a friend and he's telling me about a story about his young kids and how certain things are happening. And Gary, everybody else agrees with me that my son should be doing X, Y, or Z. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. I'm not getting involved in the story. I'm not listening. To this. I'm not coaching him. But I do find with my clients, I'm really, I have maybe a good ability or bad ability just to step out and see what's going on for them without getting involved. They're like, oh my gosh, they're doing that to you. That sounds terrible. Now that you ask me and I start reflecting a little bit, I do have a client where I recognize really poor behavior from some of the individuals that she's working with. And I do step out and just say, boy, that's a, that's got to be a tough situation for you, or that's got to be very difficult because that sounds like very poor behavior just from human being to human being. I guess my focus is what's the best way to, to support. And when I think about it, the perspective I give to my client is to be empathetic. What would be more empathetic to this individual that's treating you poorly to try to understand what that person's going through? And I think that's a real counter productive. I don't even know if that's good or bad to be perfectly honest with you, but I find it, if you could be more empathetic with the other person, and that's what I realized in my career is once I did that, I gave people more grace and I gave more understanding of what they were doing. So I'm not sure if I nailed that one or not, if there was, if it was to be nailed or not, but yeah, you raised, you got me thinking, let's put it that way. How has it impacted you? Or do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I think the what I would say about the boundaries as it comes to coaching client is sometimes we don't even know we're in the story until we're in the story. And so what I think about is when I was early on in coaching, there might be times that a client would 
start talking about their situation or something that happened. And I could relate. It might've been something that happened to me or somebody close to me. And really thinking about keeping that boundary of this is not my story. This is their story. So I think up front, it was a little bit more of, I had to think about that. I had to really say, no, this is not time for advice. This is not time for mentoring. This is coaching. And what do they need in this moment? What would be most helpful for them? And so just having that awareness, the self-awareness that I might be triggered by something that they say or do, and how would I keep my boundary? So it was work that I did early on as a coach, and I still do, because some things just hit me right in the heart, you know, that with people. And I, there's a part of me that wants everybody to be okay. And that may not be the case. And so I have to really put on my coach hat, which includes empathy and listening and really understanding that it's their story. It's just that recognition of when it's hitting you personally and what to do with it. Because the more I talk to people that have been coaching for a while, they have that ability to, it's, I don't want to say you disassociate, but you really are really in a coaching mode and a coaching character. What happens to you in that situation after the session? Does anything happen to you when you were impacted by something? It's like, oh boy, that really hit me right in the heart where I've been. Does Do you process that afterwards? Yeah, I think so. I think there, it just depends on the situation. I think it depends on what it is. And so there've been times in coaching where if something really hit me, and I see that it hits them, I just acknowledge their emotion. I acknowledge what's happening for them in the moment through an observation. And then if afterwards I'm still carrying that with me, I have my own ways of sometimes I just shake my arms a little bit or just do some movement to get me out of that. But I think I'm far enough along in my coaching journey that I've just recognized the that might be a trigger and how do I keep my boundary in that situation, but still showing empathy and compassion for that person. So a couple of things on my end, my takeaways is always look after yourself first. And that's something I don't do a good job of. I let my cup empty out sometimes. The other thing was, it's not healthy to overburden yourself for you or for your client. So in as much as you're doing a lot of coaching, you may not be your best self. You may not be doing what's best for the client. And the third thing was my boundaries personally took time. If I were to go two years from now, I wouldn't have had the boundaries that I have in place now. I think with people just starting out is understand what your boundaries are. Where are you comfortable to try certain things, do certain things, and then your boundaries will, they may find you. Like I said, when I see green on Fridays, I couldn't be happier. So that's what I'm taking away from today. So from today, Gary, I'm taking away a couple of things. One is that what we know early on in our coaching engagements or when we first start coaching, whether it's through internal or through our own business, is that we do need to think about boundaries. What would we say yes to? What would we say no to? What I've learned over time is that my boundaries have changed as well. And so I'm a little bit more strict with myself on times that I will do coaching, what days, and how many I'll take in a day. So I think in the beginning, I would take a lot on in a day, and then I was exhausted by the end of the day. Even though I'm an extrovert and I love to talk to people, but it was draining. And so just knowing what those boundaries are. And the second thing is, I I think you said it earlier about saying yes to everything. You don't have to say yes to everything. But what I say to people is don't should on me. You should do that. You should just take all the clients. You don't know when you'll get your next client. And I say, 
no, I'm going to do this the way that makes sense for me and my boundaries. And your boundaries will change over time. And that's okay. You learn more about yourself as you go. Isn't that the beauty of coaching? Okay. So if you enjoyed this conversation with Jackie and I, as always, if you want to join us for the next one, reach out to either one of us on LinkedIn and we will work on getting you involved in a future conversation. Is that okay with you, Jackie? That'd be great. I'd love it. Thanks.